What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Yeah. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, throw so the end down. Battle of Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome in, Buccaneer fans, to another episode of the Salty Dogs. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, I'm Scott Smith. And I'm Jeff Ryan. And yeah, we missed last week because things kind of went a little sideways. Oh, pray tell what happened. I'm going to, I'm going to tell. I mean, I know people could choose to whether or not to be private about this kind of thing, but sure. um, My whole family, which is my wife and I and and Giselle and my son, Alex, were fully vaccinated since the spring, but somehow Alex got COVID regardless. And apparently that's not all that surprising anymore because it's kind of blowing up all over the place, even amongst unvaccinated Especially then, in the state of Florida. Yeah. And then I got it and then Giselle got it. And uh, I have had no symptoms other than a temporary loss of smell, which came back and uh, I'm fine. Everybody's fine. Uh, it was a little tougher on Alex, but he's fine now and off at Georgia Tech. And, um, you know, it's just I you get quarantined, though. So I can't I haven't been in the building for quite some time now. And so no, you haven't. And uh, and the reason for that is because of all the protocols that are that are being enforced to protect the players and, and everyone else, and also to protect yourself. And um, it is kind of crazy. It's, it's the world we live right now. And um, right now I am not wearing a mask, but if I open this office door, I have a mask on unless I'm outside. Well, and I was encouraged to hear Bruce Arians say today that uh, he thinks by the time we get to the regular season, the team will either be a hundred percent vaccinated or, um, maybe one person that isn't, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is and I wouldn't reveal it if I did, but um, that's good news because I think you and I both agree. And I know not every reasonable person agrees, but you and I both agree that everybody should get vaccinated. And uh, most of the science tends to support the fact that the great prevalence of this Delta variant is, was avoidable if we'd had better vaccination rates along the way. Yeah. And the interesting part too, is it's kind of, it's kind of um, a lot of it is developing because children have gone back to school and it seems like a lot of families are being affected because of their children being in school, which is not the child's fault. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, that's what's going on right now. Yeah. And some of those kids aren't old enough to be vaccinated yet. So that's a bit scary, but um, basically there's, there's also plenty of numbers and and obviously now I can personally attest to the fact that even though being vaccinated didn't keep me from getting the Delta variant, variant it kept me from getting sick when I had it. So um, I'd it would, say that's a plus. Call me crazy. Yeah, I would just say if 
if I were you, I'd get vaccinated because if this thing is, is extremely contagious, even more so than the original. And, um, you know, knowing that you probably won't get bad symptoms if you're vaccinated would be enough to make me do it. But And when you say you, you mean the universal you because I am vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you. Yeah. But this is not a COVID podcast. No. Or a no, but, it, but it's up front, forward, and it's the world we live in. And it's also what what we're living in with being around players and all the different protocols that we have. Yeah. And I think that there's a general sense from the NFL that this is going to be a more normal season than last year, but I'm not hundred percent convinced about that. Given this uh, new surge of the Delta variant, I think it could be a pretty complicated season actually with a, with a lot of, with more positives than maybe, you know, people more positive tests than people probably thought coming into the season because some vaccinated people are still getting it, but then how do you deal with that? That's going to be, that's what we're going to find out this year. When you're talking about vaccinating people, but they're positive, it's a whole new thing to deal with. And and, uh, I I don't think the season without, without some. I think also, I think the difference between this, this year and last year was last year, pretty much everything was shut down. There was no place to go restaurants. Everything was shut down very minimum. And now everything is open. So even if you are cautious, you, you know, you can be exposed. So, but um, interesting, the NFL is uh, uh, different teams are doing different things. Um, You see where the Raiders now uh, you can't come unless you're vaccinated. I know that's bold. That's very, very, especially for a city like Vegas. Um, So Jeff, when, when are we, um, when are we actually this is Wednesday right now. Correct. When are we actually posting this? Uh, I hope tomorrow morning, Thursday. I hope it drops tomorrow. If I can Pretty put good. everything together and good, have it done. I just got an email um, and we just made some roster moves. So it's almost like we're breaking news now. Okay. I don't know when we'll probably do this within the next couple hours. Uh, but we have, let's see here. We have claimed a following player off of waivers a tackle named brandon walton who played at florida atlantic and we've waived safety raven green all right and this is all part of this kind of mini crisis we're having on the uh, offensive line right now we're just we have a rash of injuries we've had to put sedarius hutcherson on injured reserve we had to waive injured donnell stanley um, other guys have missed time. John Molchan came off early today. Apparently I wasn't there as we've discussed, uh-huh. I'm at home, but, um, I don't, it could be cramps or it could be something else, but uh, it was so hot today. Yeah, I heard it was like a hundred something. Oh man. It was, it was so hot and, uh, watching the Titans players, uh, they were doing yeah. a lot of IVs <laughs> and, and the interesting part, I don't know why I'm not, I'm going to assume it was because of the heat and they felt like they got enough practice and they did cut out. Um, no, I, I think I know why. Why? Well, you just said a lot of guys were getting IVs, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Arian said they, the Titans basically ran out of offensive linemen. So they were, they I think just, they only have like eight right now. Well, and we're in the same boat if you consider the fact that Bruce wants to um, rest all the starters on Saturday. Uh, and not play any of them. So if you take out the five starting offensive linemen, there's only seven of them. And, and Robert Hainsey just got back and may not be able to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Mulchon got hurt today. So uh, it's really thin. He was hoping they'd have seven guys available, which is pretty weird for an 85-man roster in the middle of August to only have seven guys available to play on, on offensive line in a game. And those guys are going to have to play the whole dang game. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. 
I do. And I, I mean, I suppose you could, you could ask a couple of your starters to put in some time. Uh, and coach said he'd figure that out after tomorrow's practice to see where we're well, at. I, I think that's where you're going to really see uh, a lot of movement, how people handle their practice squads on just, just not only good, you know, you keep the best player. That's what you always try to do, but it also could be positions now. Well, the good news is they're going to be 16 men again. I NFL, like that. NFL is keeping all those rules from the last year that help teams cope with and be flexible amidst the pandemic. Like, um, you can put on, you can bring unlimited guys back from IR and mm-hmm. they can be on the IR list as, as short as three weeks up. You can elevate guys from practice squad. Oh, that wasn't a COVID specific rule. You have the expanded practice squads. You can elevate a guy up to 90 minutes before the game to replace the person who's tested positive for COVID. So all those rules make the practice squad bigger and also um, more important because they're, they're your lifeline in some cases. Mm-hmm. And we saw that last year towards the end of the year when uh, the Buccaneers actually went down to just seven offensive linemen on the active roster at the end of the year, which is unheard of because you can keep eight of them active nowadays so that you can have 48 active. So there's no reason to go fewer than eight. But what we did was we just kept seven and promoted like Ted Larson or somebody every week. So you had eight on game days so that, that all those rules really help you, um, you know, be flexible in, in these tough situations. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, you talk about the heat and everything. Um, it was really interesting to see Tom Brady after it was over with, it was kind of cool too, is he was one, he was running wind sprints with his son. not only was he running them, he was running them with his son, his son, Jack. Yes. And so what was, it was cool about it is that before he spoke to the media, he had to, you know, work out a little bit <laughs> and watching that I was exhausted watching it. <laughs> You know, when you're a 13 year old kid, you can do that. But, you know, dad's 44 and he's running pretty strong. Yeah. Dad said he had to keep an eye on Jack um, to make sure he's getting hydrated because 13 year old kids aren't thinking about that. Yeah. I hear it was like a hundred over a hundred degrees with the heat index out there today. It it was funny because I usually the heat doesn't bother me. I like being out in it. It doesn't bother me at all. And, but today I was, I was just, it might've been a few ticks hotter than it normally is, but those few ticks made a big, big difference. Yeah. But it, but it was fun because it wasn't same old training camp. And I don't, I okay. mean, I like it when we practice against other teams. Oh, sure. sure. It, it's just more fun. It's it, um, you get a better feel for what's going on. Now um, our quarterback didn't have the best of days today. He yeah. But so, what? Day. so what? Um well, I, you know, you could have concern there, you know, 12 major. Oh, yeah, you're issues. concerned. You know, I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm going on a limb here. We might have an issue here. I heard there were some drop passes as well. So yeah, let's there were. There were. Yeah, Jeff, I, I don't actually, I never actually had COVID. I just claimed that I did. So I could uh, quarantine and wouldn't have to go out. You just didn't want to come to work. It's a veteran move, man. Uh, veteran move. Yeah, so, okay. Hey, since we last had one of these, we've played yeah. a game. I'm sorry. Since we had last had one of these salty dog podcasts, we've played a game. We had. So there are things there. Yeah. It doesn't mean very much at all. I would say the most meaningful thing that came out of that preseason opener against Cincinnati was some special team stuff. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn would be my first point. Very first punt of the game. He's, I think he was playing gunner, which he's been doing in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets down there right away, hits the return man. He didn't personally get the tackle, but he, he blew up the play. And that's huge for Keyshawn Vaughn. Huge. 
I, if, if the Bucs are going to keep a fourth running back, especially a fourth running back active on game day, that guy absolutely has to play special teams. And I would not have said a couple of months ago that I thought that was an obvious thing for Keyshawn Vaughn, but apparently he's pretty good at it. I mean, he's and, getting a shot and he's pretty good at it. Yeah. And what's crazy is usually when you go to training camp, you know, you're looking at all the different matchups, all the different battles and, you know, who's this, this. Well, on this team with all 22 coming back, there's really not a lot of battles going on. Um, you, you, you got questions on the tight ends only because you got so many tight ends, but special teams is going to be the key. Uh, who's going to do punt returns? You know, we're, we're looking at that. Um, earlier this week, Scotty Miller was back there practicing on punt returns. Yeah, you know what? That's something I really want to see this weekend because the ratio of Scotty Miller punt return reps in practice to Scotty Miller actually getting a shot in games at that job is like a million to one. You think practicing it ever since he got here, he's wow. always in the mix and they never give him a shot. And then Bruce Arians said last week, I think, or earlier this week that Scotty was going to get a shot at punt return in this game. So it better happen. Yeah. The guy, you got to give the guy a shot. He's well, at least he's, he's practicing. So at least he's got something on tape, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you play the game. Well, yeah, I mean, you start thinking about it, uh, uh, well, during the was it during the Super Bowl? AB was back there for. Uh, well, they always messed around with Antonio yeah. because he's I mean, got a history of it. I don't think that's the guy you want back there personally. But it's like when we had um, um, Deshaun Jackson. Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe we'll throw him back there every now and then when you're desperate for a big play. A Speaking of Joey Galloway or Joey Galloway before that. Oh uh, yeah, well Joey Galloway wanted to do it. I think Deshaun wanted. I think they all want to do it. Yeah, I think. I don't know about Antonio. Yeah, he uh, um, AB really had a great touchdown catch today. Oh, good. Um, yeah, he's, in the red zone, which was fun to watch. That that was that was uh, pretty good. Um, thrown by whom? Who threw who it? Do you think? Well, I mean, it could have been Tom Brady or Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, no, it was Tom Brady. Okay, that good. was that was Tom's good one. He hit two out of three. Okay. In the in the red zone. Um, I'll this Jeff. What did you have some more right there? No, you're good. Okay, so. I'm missing getting to see these joint practices and the mm -hmm. best part about them to me are always have always been the one-on-ones with the receivers and DBs. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think back to the early days, my early days here, uh, Sam White, and then a little under coach Dungy. And we used to do this joint practicing thing a lot against the dolphins. You yeah. That? Used to fight all the time. There were a lot of fights. That's true. And I think part of that was frustration on our part because, Oh my God, the Dolphins defensive backs would absolutely dominate our receivers in those practices. And that's a drill that's supposed to favor the offense. There's no mm -hmm. pass rush. I there's, remember nobody, there's nobody else helping you out. It's just a, a corner against a receiver. And, but I mean, they had like Troy Vinson and later Terrell Buckley, and we didn't have really great receivers of note back then. And we would get so utterly dominated in those one-on-ones. And now we have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, Etc. Etc. And I want to see these one-on-one -on -one drills against the Titans cornerbacks, which I guess is nowadays is Jack Rabbit Jenkins and name their other corner right now. But I would think we would be doing very well in those drills. Yeah, we. You know, it's funny you say that because when when you when we did practice against the Dolphins, you knew that wow, this is going to be a long season. <laughs> but I will say, I will say the one-on-ones today was uh, good stuff all the way, both sides. And that's 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 the other thing too is the Titans. They're a pretty aggressive team. You know, they're, they're, they're playoff team. They're not a slouch team. Uh, 
but I think that tomorrow is going to be really uh, more interesting today because of, I think they kind of eased into it today and tomorrow is another joint practice. Tomorrow would be Thursday. If you're listening to this before the game. Um, and then I think it's going to be very spirited only because Bruce keeps saying that after these practices, he, the starters don't look like they're going to play on right. Saturday. Right. And the reason for that, in case anybody doesn't know is, it, know, is that the starters are getting tons of reps right now in practice in what it's not tackling, but it's otherwise live against another opponent, an unfamiliar opponent doing things that you aren't expecting, as opposed to mm-hmm. when you're practicing against your teammates every day. And they're scripting all these situations and you don't necessarily get that in a game. You hope to, but you don't necessarily like, like our first game against Cincinnati. Uh, we didn't get a two minute drill. Cincinnati had the ball for the last couple minutes of both halves and they got two nice opportunities to run two minute drills. And I think they got a field goal in both of them. So that was great opportunity for them, but we didn't get any. You know what I'm saying? Speaking, speaking of field goals, or maybe I should say, uh, uh, attempting an ill field goal and um, going for two. Where, did you pick up on? <laughs> did you pick up on that right away? No, and I again, I'm quarantined for yeah. a few more days, so I wasn't at the stadium. I was watching the game on TV, which is not an easy way to follow. I don't mean to. I don't mean to rub that in. Just, I'm just curious if you. So what happened was, I saw the play. I'm like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. If anybody doesn't know, the Buccaneers came out to the two, which means they're going for two. Yeah, and they lined up in this one of those unusual formations with like that split in three ways with like um, three different three on each side. Yeah. yeah. And three in the middle and or five in the middle. And um, but it was with the it was with the holder and the kicker out there, Bradley mm-hmm. Pinion, the kicker. And then they just came back in to a normal kicking situation and kicked the extra point. And it didn't even dawn on me at that moment, although it should have, that wait a minute they just gamed the system and kicked an extra point from the two instead of the 15, which is where it is now. And sure enough. So I went and I don't know what I got a drink or use the restroom or something. Yep. And I come back and they're back in the broadcast and they're saying, and I see six to nothing. And I'm like, wait, what happened? And then they, you know, it took a while for them to explain it on the broadcast, Wait, but obviously wait. you can't do that. Well, well, you should have been listening to the radio because we had it immediate. Nailed it. Was it Dave? As soon no. as it was TJ. TJ. Yeah. Immediately. Um, as soon as it was kicked, uh, immediately it was like, no, that's no good. And right. We had it. And then it was, oh, that's right. You have to move it back. You can't. So they probably it, would have, they would have to call timeout too. Um, I think it was just a botch situation all the way across the board. I think they wanted to try something. They didn't have the right look. And yeah, but why send out your kicker and your punter then? Well, I don't think they're going to tell us because if they use it during the season, you're going to know why they did that. You're not using so, that play. So, so down the road on a salty dog, we're going to go, that's why they did that. What a great play. You're saying they're going to come out at the end looking like geniuses, right? Before it's over with. We're all wondering what happened you there. Don't, you don't put it on tape. If it's, on, if it's not on tape, they don't know what you're doing. All right, so back to that game, and I was talking about Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm-hmm. He also, I thought he looked pretty good as a runner. He had the nice run at the goal line there. He caught two passes, which is big for him. Uh, he looked good on special teams. I thought of everybody that played that night, the guy who helped himself the most was Keyshawn Vaughn. But also, I don't think he, this mattered in terms of his role because I think he's already relatively set, but when you saw Giov- Giovanni Bernard 
you saw kind of the blueprint of what they're going to do here. Gio played four snaps because he's essentially a first team guy. He's not ahead of Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, but he's the first team third down back. It seems pretty clear now. He was on the field for the very first third down of the game, caught a nine yard pass on third and eight. He, a couple of plays, like the next drive, he was on the field on a third and three, caught a seven yard pass for a first down from, um, from Blaine Gabbert. And if that's happening, that tells me that, that's why they brought him in, obviously, hoping he could be that guy. And that's the role that he's getting right now. I mean, I know it was only four snaps and two catches, but to me, that was a lot of evidence of how this backfield is shaping up. You got your co-starters in Jones and Fournette. You probably go with a hot hand on any given week. You got Gio as your third down back. And you got Keyshawn, who has a helmet on on game days because he can play on special teams. And that means that gives him a shot to get into the game on offense. It, it, right? So many choices, so many options, so many – I mean – I. Yeah, but you kind of want to have a structure for it, and it could change a little bit from week to week, but I think we're starting to see that structure. Mm-hmm. Because I know that you're a huge fantasy football guy. You love oh. fantasy football more than just about anything in the world. My heart can't be still right now because it's so close to it coming up. Yeah. When, when are all your drafts? Jeff? I have no clue. I don't even know how it works <laughs> other than, oh, I, I, I want to trade this guy. I mean, whatever. So I get um, it. It's big. The reason the reason I bring that up is because none of this is good good uh, news for fantasy football players because you just don't know who to draft out of this. I see. It creates it creates an issue of oh my goodness, I I picked the wrong one or had him and I didn't pick him. If you draft Ronald Jones and as it turns out, Leonard Fournette becomes the guy who gets the most. Ooh, that could well that could well just draft both the fantasy football players go through Jeff. Can't you? can't you just draft them both? <laughs> yeah, but then you're spending two guys on, on uh, and you might not get one because they split it so much. That's a really good fantasy player. It's best to stay away until later rounds. And, and that's the thing. It's, it, it, that's, it's not bad for the Buccaneers. They've got a nice backfield, you know? So, yeah. but as a fantasy player, you don't want to, you probably don't want well, to. Well, I, I got some fantasy right thing for you. If you're going to, if you need a quarterback, you want to go with Stafford because McVeigh and him are going to just light it up. That's what you think, huh? Uh, over 6,000 yards this 6, year. 6,000. Yeah. I remember there's seven, long. remember there's 17 games this year. So you can get the 6,000 pretty quick. <laughs> you know how many yards that Tom Brady had last year? Mm, no, About no. 4,600. Yeah. Well, he's just warming up. That's a long way from where, where, what was and we his, had the third we had either the third or the second ranked passing offense yeah let me finish though when uh the last four games how many yards did he go for in the a last lot game? like 1333 okay the so there you go so that's pretty good to, i pulled that number out of thin I air i know you did i don't know how you did this but i've read you're a numbers that. guy you're a numbers and guy. i think he had 10 touchdowns on one interception in that span as well yeah so so you take the last four games multiply it by four plus add hard? one more game Six thousand. <laughs> it would be thirteen times four is yeah. fifty-two, and then I'll give you fifty-three because it was a little over thirteen. Right, and then you get and another game is fifty-six. It's still not there. The elusive six thousand-yard season. All right, what else? Um, Some quarterback's going to do it. Fantasy think- football people take it from a big fantasy player, Jeff Ryan. Go with it. So our leading receiver in the first game was Tanner Hudson, which is not shocking. Mr. Even, October. Mr. October. Or rather August. Yes. So um, 
two. Hopefully he's Mr. October because he's really fighting for a job right now. Well, that's what I'm going to get at. We didn't have a preseason last year, but in 2019, he was second in the whole league with 12 catches for something like 245 yards. Um, Like you said, he was Mr. He was Mr. August. That did earn him a spot on the, on the active roster for the whole year, but he still only had like two catches. Mm -hmm. He had like two or three catches last year in about 11 games, but he was on the roster. So lately, Bruce Arians has been kind of taking little needling shots at um, at Tanner when he's been asked about him. Like right. uh, like today, uh, I guess Tanner's dealing with a wrist injury from landing awkwardly after one of his catches, and uh, he was asked if that was going to linger into the regular season. And Bruce said, "Well, he's got to make the active roster first for the regular season matter." And then he he said something the other day about Tanner's uh, blocking. How has he progressed? He hasn't. He's regressed. And I'm only bringing these things up because we like to be positive for the most part. I only bring this up because it's the, it's that whole thing where if he didn't care, he wouldn't be saying anything about Tanner Hudson. He wouldn't be saying these things. Couldn't agree more. Think Tanner could be good, and he just wants him to see him be better, right? He he's not talking about Jarrell Adams right now, right. the last tight end on the roster. Yeah, he he's, he's talking about Tanner because there's potential there, and he wants to see it be he, realized. Right. Well, he's telling the kid. You got you got you got a shot, but you got to step it up. But I thought he played. I thought he made some tough catches on on last Saturday's game. Yeah, and, he did. And I was happy for, for him for that. But again, the biggest thing is blocking. The tight ends need to block. I mean, they need to block a little better than Tim Tebow. I don't know if you've seen those clips. Wow. <laughs> Boy, you're gonna kick a guy that's out of the league now. I know, but if you saw the clips of him trying to block in that Jacksonville game, you would know yeah. why he's not holding now. Yeah, and that's why, he, and that's why he's not a tight end. He's not a tight end. He waited until he was like 33 years old to decide, okay, maybe I'll try to be a tight end. Well, you know, it's good to do for the summer. It's kind of like summer camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I just think that Tanner – he needs, uh, of course, he has to get back on the field for what do we, what do we have? Like 11 tight ends? No, you think you're a little off the, we have, we're top heavy. Yeah. We have Gronk and we have OJ and we have Cam Brate. And since he's come back to practice, those yep. three are solid. And yep. you got Tanner Hudson, you got Cody McElroy, but we cut Dequan Hampton. Okay. And so the only other one is Jarrell Adams. That's not that many. Six. Eight. It's six. We're, that well, we had you cut, but we had well, if we had seven and we cut one, we'd be at six. Did you count Tanner? I did uh-huh. the top three Tanner, Cody, and, J- and Jarrell Adams. That's it. Okay. And if you keep four, that only means you have to get rid of two of them. Cody's I don't know. been playing pretty well, though, too, though. Well, Cody's ahead of him on the depth chart that they gave us. So, uh, you he, believe he, in the depth chart on preseason? I don't. I don't. I mean, here's what I have to say. The coaches don't want to put a depth chart out for a lot of reasons, but they have to before because they have to have a, de- a, a flip card for, yeah. the, for, the for the broadcasters yes. for the games. So they're forced to. And that's why last year we didn't get a depth chart till like uh, five days before the regular season game because there was no preseason. <coughs> but they have to make a decision, you know, when they're filling it out and they get to we got two starting spots of tight end. For the um, for tight end, which means you have two starters, and that's Rob and, and Gronkowski and OJ Howard. Cam mm-hmm. Brate's one of the backups. Whoever is the other backup at the other tight end spot, 
is necessarily considered ahead of the guy behind him. And right now it's Cody and then Tanner. But in the game, it seemed like Tanner was getting more playing time than Cody. And he certainly produced more. So I, who knows? Well, this 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 Saturday is going to mean a lot, this game coming whichever up. One, whichever one does not – first of all, they have to choose to keep a fourth tight end. And, again, that guy has to play special teams. Cody McElroy's getting his first chance ever to play special teams. I mean, I don't know – how many Bucks fans know his background? If I could choose any former um, episode of this Salty Dogs to listen to, I'd probably pick the one where he interviewed him because mm-hmm. it was a fantastic story that he told. It was basically like pull the string, tell your story, and it was awesome, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he didn't play a lot of football. He played one season of college football at Southeastern Oklahoma, like seven total games. But he also played college baseball at some point and college basketball at some point. And so he's, he's like 26 years old or 28 maybe, and he's – a relative novice at football he'd never played special teams before this year so now he's getting a shot to play special teams i mean that's great for him yeah well yeah i i that's i think whichever one doesn't get the four spot if there is a four spot and one of those two guys has to prove that they're worth being on the active roster and playing special teams for there to be a fourth tight end but whichever one doesn't get it is probably going to be on the practice spot i would guess assuming they want to hopefully with with any with any luck so the cuts have started uh, they they changed the process now. You, um, remember, it used to be a, we had all the different multiple cuts, and they yeah. would cut down before the fourth game, and then you would barely have enough guys to play. That's why they stopped and made all the cuts at once. But now they're going back a little bit, and we had to cut everybody by yesterday to get from 90 to 85. And I think next week we have to go to 80, and then they'll finally be the last cut. So one of the guys cut was everybody's favorite story, the cornerback, Cameron Kinley from Navy. Who I mean, and I hope he gets another shot. I don't think he signed with another team yet, but it's yeah, funny. I was such a big story about I, the Navy I, let him play, and it just yeah. ends so unceremoniously. Yeah, I I I I felt bad because he played really hard. We in fact, uh, Dave Moore in the broadcast made a comment how hard he was playing. How you know? Um, really? Yeah. Okay. And and the ordeal to have the Navy or say, okay, you can play. It, it, it took a little bit of doing and then not make it all the way through training camp. But uh, he's a smart guy and he had a great attitude and he's like, well, hopefully I get picked up and hopefully I can continue, but at least he had a shot. So, but it's kind of, it's, it's unfortunate because he had a shot on a Super Bowl team. That's probably part of it. The roster is pretty strong. So, or I should say that I should say that, 2020 Super Bowl team. This is 2021, so they're just a team. Yes, which we get reminded of by every player and every coach in virtually every interview. <laughs> this team hasn't done anything yet. This nope. team hasn't done anything yet. That's true, and the right attitude to take, and probably the necessary attitude to take. But just coldly analyzing it, the roster is still the roster that won the Super Bowl, which means it's extremely talented, and um, and that's the point here with with guys like Cam Kinley trying to trying to crack that roster. I was unfortunate because I was, unfortunately I was hoping we would get him on the salty dogs. Yeah. Um, That would have been cool. And and he was one of my, the guys on my list. And last week we got it. Not only you were able to do this last week, we should, we should also clarify that it just got crazy last week because it was, and it's hard, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Last week I couldn't see straight. It was just crazy. (laughs) Um, because it's the first game going on and I had a lot going on and I didn't have you here to go chase players and help me out. Right. So 
I kind of let the, I let, I let the dogs down, but I, I can't, you know, stepped <laughs> well, up this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they'll understand, I'm sure. Um, finally, I guess before we, and, and you just said you wanted to get Kinley, but I'm kind of excited about the guy we have coming on Javon Hagen, because I mean, honestly, he was on the practice squad all last year. It's not a guy that we probably would have been, been targeting to be one of our interviews last year, right? No offense to him, but we're talking mm-hmm. about practice squad safety. But now we're talking about we're in the dog days of this competition. We're coming down the last couple of weeks. Uh, and like you said, with this roster, that, and as Bruce has said, the top 30 to 35 guys have been set for some time. And there's no starting positions that are probably up for grabs. But there are competitions. There always are. There's fewer of them, but there's still a bunch of them at the back end for the fifth or sixth cornerback, the fourth tight end, the fourth running back, the sixth receiver. We're going to get a guy who is clearly in one of those positions right now, because I think the top three safeties are obvious. I think you keep at least four, possibly five, and the competition for the fourth and possibly fifth spot. It's, it's still pretty strong. Now, we, we just talked earlier how the Bucks released Raven Green, so that's one guy out of the, out of the mix there. But it's still – we get to talk to a guy who right now is right in the mix of fighting for his job, and I think that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was really great. Um, it's a hard go because it, with practice today – and the practice was weird today because it didn't start – they came out around 9.30 for a uh, walkthrough, and then practice started at 10, which normally practices at 8.30. Right. So that was kind of threw things personally. I think it threw things off, but. Well, he obviously you, you just asked him today and he agreed to do it today. So that's yeah. Great. And he was really, yeah. When we were walking off the field, he was, he is great. Uh, stop. Yeah. And uh, it, it's always funny. Cause when you're talking to them and they say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you just, yeah. but Jalen Darden did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which I think he's having a great camp. I love Jalen Darden. I'm the biggest fanboy. I think I think if if some if you if you would say who am I most impressed with during camp, I will say him right now. Oh, okay, cool. I would say I know so. people have been very impressed with Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Yeah. That's his name now. It is. Yes, it's even on his jersey. I didn't notice it. Yeah, see, just like um Sean Murphy Bunting. When we drafted him, he was Sean Bunting, but by the time we were talking to him, mm-hmm. he made it clear that he wanted to be Sean Murphy Bunting. Okay. Well, apparently, apparently Joe Tryon wants to be referred to as Joe Tryon dash Shoyinka. Huh. I didn't notice that on his shirt. You must not have seen him though, because that would be pretty, that would stand out. I would think. Boy, how tiny are those letters going to be? <laughs> well, we've got four, we've got four hyphenated guys now. That's a lot. We got Pierre Paul uh-huh. and Murphy Bunting. And who's the other one? I'm missing. One. Oh, Nunez Rochas or Nacho. Yes. So one last thing before we go, okay, we're going to go next to our interview with, with uh, Javon. So if no starters go on Saturday, as, as coach seems to be leaning towards, who are you excited to see play a lot in that game? Cause we're going to see a lot of the back 40 guys on this roster. I want to see um, Kyle Trask play with um, not the, what would you would say third string. I'd right. like to see him play with like this like the second string to see what he can do with a little more pass protection I, I i'm very very curious to see because there's decisions to be made in the quarterback situation you know can he can he move to number three can he you know i'm just I, curious to see how he plays i don't know yeah i can understand that but a couple of things there that opportunity to work with a better line is probably not going to be there because we were just talking about how 
they're very thin and, and some guys are probably going to be playing out of position um, or guys that just joined this team in the last couple of days mm-hmm. are going to be playing a lot. So that may not materialize. Um, and I don't personally think that there's much doubt that he's already the third quarterback on our 53 man roster. He's fourth right now because you have both Blaine Gabbard and Ryan Griffin, but they're not going to keep four guys. No. Keep one of those veterans and Kyle Trask. And it already was leaning pretty heavily towards Blaine Gabbard, but obviously Blaine Gabbard played a lot better than Ryan Griffin in that last game. So I don't think, I think Blaine is way ahead. And mm-hmm. if I'd agree Griffin, on that, Ryan Griffin is probably uh, his best bet is probably the practice squad. If he wants to stick around, if they choose to keep a fourth quarterback, that could change. That could change in the next couple of days, but just as it stands right now, who uh, who who are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, well, I want to see Scotty get a punt return. All right, I want to <laughs> see a lot. I want to see a lot more Keyshawn Vaughn. I, if he doesn't, I bet you I can hear you screaming from from the stadium, and you'll be at the house, and you'll be screaming. And, I can hear and, it now. And he'll get to play a lot on offense too. I I, I kind of wanted to see more of Travis Johnson, the young receiver that they're kind of high on, mm-hmm. but I think he's a little dinged up, so I'm not 100 sure he's going to play. And then I'd like to see a lot of KJ Britt because he should play a lot with it. There's only three other linebackers after the, after Levante and Devin. Yeah. I, I, I thought he struggled the last game. Yeah, that could be true. I, I, I thought I, because I, on certain plays, like on certain series, I'll just focus on one player, especially during preseason, just kind of isolate a guy just to see what he's doing. Um, and it could be too, you know, first game jitters and trying to figure out, what's going on but um uh he needs a good game you know i really yeah i I mean i i don't i think he's pretty likely to make the roster oh yeah regardless and special teams will be a big part of that but that's what i mean i want to see a lot of him i you know running the defense basically um so we'll see i i have not and i don't know if you have if tennessee plans on resting their starters or what as well because that's going to be kind of a crucial decision for some of these guys because if if our second stringers have to go against their starters, it might not look real pretty, mm-hmm. but it would also be, it would also be good experience for a guy like KJ, right? So, yeah, I don't know. He, they haven't said anything, but they're kind of like, they're kind of like the new England Patriots type thing. They're very closed mouth. They're very, oh, really? yeah. They, <laughs> they're, you know, well, they have a coach. Isn't like coach. our head coach. We'll just call it like he sees it immediately. Yeah. They're a little more he guarded. Is- it is funny. It is funny that our quarterback and their head coach were former teammates. Mm -hmm. He talked about uh, Tom Brady talked about. Yeah. uh, He said he's mellowed out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be quite a chatter guy on the field. Uh, He was a D. You remember, you remember he got some, he got some uh, touchdown passes Mm -hmm. I think in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just weird to think of our quarterback throwing touchdown passes to their head coach, but it's crazy. Hey, when you're, you know, when you're 44 and you've been playing for as long as he has two seasons. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know? Yep. And All still right. looking good, by the way. All right, Jeff. All right. We good. We're going to go on to the Javon interview now. I think we should. Okay. And then after that, stick around fans, because we're going to get to your questions and I've got four of them today. That's really? Yeah. I'm excited. You know, I got four emails. I think the fourth one's not really a question, but it's still interesting. So. All right. All right, cool. We'll be back. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I'm Jeff Ryan. And this is the best part of all of our podcasts when we get our guests on the show. And today that's Javon Hagan, first year safety for the Buccaneers. And uh, a guy we really wanted to talk to after that last game 
uh, also because of, you know, how interesting your battle is here in training camp. So first of all, Javon, I know training camp is a lot. There's a lot going on. So thanks for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Okay, we got to start with that pick because it, it was crazy. It kind of looked like one of those backhand rebounds in a basketball game. I mean, <laughs> did you know you were going to get that when you won? That was a crazy interception, dude. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, just seeing – I'm about to stand up for a little bit. But sure. just seeing just – um, just having an eye on the quarterback, you know, and uh, just – just playing my playing my keys, reading my keys, and um, having great vision. And the ball looked kind of high for sure. So just trying to tip it back to myself and uh, just capitalizing on the play. It was pretty sweet. Now, you know, I'm, I'm I'm guessing you can laugh about it now, but it was it could happen to anybody. You start running it back, and it bobbles out of your hands. I mean, your reaction at the time, and are you laughing about it now? Yeah, man, it's uh, it was a silly play, you know. It was a, it was a very silly play, man. Just um, wasn't even uh, so, so um, too excited or nothing like that. It was just uh, I felt I could have tucked the ball a little tighter, being being the circumstances, and um, I'm not gonna blame weather for an excuse, because I mean, if it's pouring down raining and the the team needs needs a turnover, you know, you can't blame the rain, you know. So uh, I just been focused on that every time we're doing ball drills. This week, just focusing on my uh, ball security and just making sure I got it uh, high and tight, man. I had my uh, old running backs coach from Ohio University. He actually reached out to me and uh, he tried to give me like a little a little TED talk on how to how to how to carry a ball again. So, you know, I had to get hazed about that for a little bit. But um, uh, yeah, just uh, just need to focus on things like that because that was a big momentum shift and they ended up scoring on that same drive. You know, so. Uh, I don't have a problem admitting when I'm in the wrong or when I uh, make a mistake. So uh, that's something that we can learn from and get better from and uh, definitely a lesson learned. But that's what we go through things so we can uh, correct them and move forward. So it won't happen again. See, that's the best part about all of this is that there is a mistake. And you're, you, first of all, you say it's, it's on me, but then you're coming up with all these solutions. So the next time it won't happen. So that makes a good player, right? Yes, sir. Correct. Right. But I'm sure the coaches gave you at least some pretty good grade on that play for everything that happened before the bubble, right? Oh, yeah. It was a very athletic play. Uh, they, they praised me about the about the athleticism displayed on that play. Uh, it was a perfect it was a perfect, perfect play, man. Perfect, perfect place to be. And uh, yeah, like I said, just finish it off, man. And uh, just finish the play. You know, you work so hard to, to, to get the interception. So just finish the play. We, we're excited to have you on because this is a Super Bowl team, Super Bowl winning team that brought back virtually everybody. So there's not a lot of competition for the first 30 or 35 spots, but there are some spots where there is some pretty exciting competition. And I think you're in one of them. I, I, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but you got Jordan Whitehead and Mike Edwards and, and Antoine Winfield, but fourth, maybe fifth safety seems like a pretty good competition. You're right in the thick of it. I mean, what is that like for you? Oh man, I love it. You know, uh, I love I love having the heat on and um, not being complacent. You know, coming from Jacksonville, a very competitive city, and just coming from Florida, you know, that's all we do. All we do is compete. We love competition, and um, why not why not compete? You know, it gives a, it gives that edge. And um, at the end of the day, the best man will win the job. You know, so no reason to shy away from competition, especially in the league, such as the NFL, where 
you know, it's elite players all around. You know, it's competition everywhere. So uh, competition is a great thing. Before Scott and I were talking about, um, it seemed just a tad warmer today than uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks at camp. Would you agree with that or was that just my imagination? Uh, yeah, it was a little warm. It's a little warm out here right now. Uh, that's why I had to stand up, man. I had to let the air hit me a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I would, I would definitely say yesterday it, it's 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 definitely hotter in the morning. You know, we had a practice uh, today a little later than we usually start. We usually start practice around uh, eight thirty, yeah. and man, uh, the humidity like I, I can run outside and my visor just completely just fog up. You know, <laughs> from the from the humidity, like it's. It's ridiculous, man. And sometimes you want to take a knee because as football players, we're taught to take a knee. So, like, sometimes I'll try to take a knee and I'll just get up like, man, I feel like I'm hotter down there than up here. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, the humidity will get you down here. That's why it's great to hydrate. You know, um, our staff do a very, 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 very good job in that in that area as far as uh, keeping us hydrated. Did you, you know, uh, and they did you kind of shake your head watching the Titans because they seem to uh, um, feel like uh, it was very, very hot. A lot of guys were coming off getting an IV. Oh man. I, I can only imagine the, the heat from Tennessee to Florida, the, it differentiates a, a, a long way. Like it's, <laughs> it's not even going to say nowhere near close, but the humidity is, is different. It's definitely different. So you were on the practice squad all last year, which is a, a great place to start, start, especially when you come in as an undrafted free agent. But because of the rules, the Bucks could elevate guys, and you actually got to play in the NFC Championship in Green Bay. I mean, I tell us what that experience was like. Oh, man, it was a crazy experience. You know, I uh, was on the practice squad, and usually when you're a practice squad player, you walk in and uh, you walk in as, a, as, as the group, and you go up to the press box you know, in one of the suites and we were walking in as, um, as a group. And I was told, uh, you know, you know, Javon come with me by, uh, Shelton. And he was like, uh, yo, come with me. Uh, you got to suit up. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so it was kind of, it was definitely crazy. Uh, I packed my things on all of our trips just because they had me travel to to um, a number of games towards the end of the season so uh i luckily i was prepared for the moment as far as equipment and um i just took it as an opportunity you know what i'm saying just a, just an opportunity to to capture and to experience because uh having your first game being in the nfc championship when not a lot of guys <laughs> get to experience man that's that's something different you know and that's that, that's a great experience a great opportunity so uh i definitely looked at it as a blessing man and uh, it was a very fun game it felt good to be on be on the field again because you know on the practice squad it's like a red shirt here for you. So uh, it felt great to just get in the rhythm again, just get in the flow. So here you go, you get to play in the championship game, and then the Super Bowl comes about, and now you have a Super Bowl ring. Have you kind of thought a little bit about you're just getting into the league and you already got your first ring? Oh uh, yeah, man, that's that's something extravagant. <laughs> that's something extravagant and it's something that not a lot of guys can say that they accomplished. So uh, our rookie class, we talk about that day in and day out, you know, just, just the fact that we won a Super Bowl ring as a, as a, as a rookie, you know, that's, that's something that, that's, that very few has accomplished. So uh, we look at that as a, 
as a blessing for sure, man. And we don't take that, we don't take that granted, you know, and that's our goal this year. Let's let's get another one as a second year player, you know. So <laughs> we're just trying to figure out ways to get better and the ways to just keep elevating ourselves. Hey, we won't keep you for much longer, but we always like to kind of give the fans a little bit of an idea of where you came from and, and how you got here. So you, you said it yourself, you're from Jacksonville. I don't know how you ended up in, at Ohio. Maybe you can explain that. And if you had other opportunities other than the Bucks after the draft that year. Oh, yeah. So uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, I attended Trinity Christian Academy. We had a number of guys go Division One over 10, actually. Wow. Uh, we were ranked. Yeah, we were ranked and um, considered a powerhouse team. Played on ESPN numerous amount of times, won two state huh. championships. Wow. But uh, so that's my high school background. And uh, coming into college, I wanted to major in sports management. And Ohio mm-hmm. University was actually yeah. the number one sports management program. That's right. So uh, I took that as an opportunity because, I mean, sports, sports doesn't last forever. You got to have your backup plan. You got to have something to fall on. So uh, I took that as a great opportunity. And I'm like, you know, I not only can I play sports here, but I can also I can also uh, take care of some things off the field as well. So uh, that's what led me to Ohio University. And uh, just making plays as a freshman, getting my names out there to the scouts, you know, and uh, just playing, making a lot of plays for the program, you know, under Coach Solich and uh, things like that had led me to, to get scouted by a lot of scouts. Um, I had a lot of teams reach out to me and talk to me. And uh, Tampa, Tampa actually called me about a week leading into the draft and um, decided that they were going to take a look at me. And they were actually one of the teams that took a shot. So um, I, I definitely thank Tampa for that, man, because there was a lot of teams that uh, decided to pull out. So that kind of it was an eye opener for me. And Tampa was the only team that really stuck out to me and was still loyal, you know, to their decision. So uh, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here today. That, that's cool. Jeff, I think we know who the smartest man on this uh, podcast is right now. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had forgotten that Ohio university was so highly ranked in their um, sports management program, but that's true. It's yeah. been true for a long time. So to make that decision based on your future was really smart, but it hasn't, it has also not stopped you from making it in, in the NFL. So that's really freaking awesome, man. That's really great. Oh, yeah. For sure. Every, Appreciate you. Every time we talk to a player, I always like to find something that most people don't know. But I'm curious if, if my sources are correct. Um, as a child, you actually have a picture uh, with Buccaneer gear on as a kid. Is that correct? That is, yeah. Derek Brooks. <laughs> I had a picture of Derrick Brooks. I had a photo shoot, and um, they decided to – my mom decided to dress me up as a, <laughs> in a jersey. And uh, the jersey just happened to be Tampa Bay because my, my mom grew up a Jaguar fan, but um, she was a fan of Derrick Brooks as well because he, you know, he was a pretty good player, pretty solid player for <laughs> Tampa Bay. So, uh, yeah, I had my, I had my Derrick Brooks jersey on, man, sporting it. Awesome. And now, good, now you're, and now, yeah, now you're an equal with Derek Books as far as Super Bowl rings go. He's got <laughs> one. You got one. <laughs> hey, a little love ahead. A little bit. Right. That's great, man. That's a great story. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Like we said earlier, camp is a grind. So doing something extra like this is, is much appreciated by us. Thanks, man. The Salty Dogs.
And we're back here once again on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. I and told you he's very polite. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Has to happen. Okay, so we are back to talk, to answer fans' questions. And, and remember, if you're listening to this and you'd like to get a question in for a subsequent episode, hit us up on Salty Dogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Always remember that .nfl. In the middle part. Yeah, it throws you off every time. It's not Buccaneers.com. It's Buccaneers.nfl.com. All right. All right. Our first question from Sam in Nashville, Tennessee. Interesting. Well, actually, I recognize the last name. He's he's sent in a question before. I know, but he's from Nashville and we're playing the Titans. Oh, yeah. Good point. But this was sent before the last game. Okay. Whatever. Welcome back, dogs. Glad the podcast is finally here again. Well, thanks, Sam. Thanks. It was great. It was great to finally see Lynch get his well-deserved recognition this past weekend. He's talking about John Lynch going into the Hall of Fame. And looking forward to Rondé joining him soon. I know we are moving past last year and focusing on the 2021 season, but I'm really curious to what the worst part of the Bucks winning the Super Bowl was for each of you. To be clear, I know winning the Super Bowl is without a doubt worth whatever minor inconveniences come from it. But if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me if I was a bandwagon fan, just because of all the free agents we got last year, I'm sure, pretty sure I'd be set for life. So I guess that was the worst part for him, being called a bandwagoner. Looking forward to the boys going forward to this year and hopefully dealing with more inconveniences as a fan next offseason. Thanks, Sam from Nashville, Tennessee. So he's basically asking us, obviously – a Super Bowl winning season was an incredible experience and the second one for both of us and um, and totally different than the first one. But was there any part of it you didn't like? Yeah, I didn't like not being at the games at every right. single game. I, yeah, so. I it As exciting as it was to win a Super Bowl, it, it, it took some of it away because there was a certain remove. Yeah, you really did as much as you wanted to feel part of it, you kind of felt like you weren't part of it. And luckily the Super Bowl was in Tampa and we were able to be here for that game. We missed all the playoff games and that's where it gets exciting. And to go to Lambeau field on a championship game, you and I both have gone to Lambeau and lost so many games that, uh, that that's one that you want. And I would have liked to have been on that plane flight back from Green Bay. Yeah. I, and those, that's what I missed. I'm I, I great run. Um, you know, the fact that, that the team won a Super Bowl, there's no way I would, I, I thought the best I could hope for is we were going to make the playoffs, but to do what, to do what happened. Um, yeah, that, that's my, that's my downside. Yeah, obviously, um, because of COVID, not everybody got to travel, and we did the best we could. And you guys did a great job on the radio broadcast, making that work from back home in the home stadium, in the control booth. But it wasn't the same. There was a certain remove uh, for us. Um, you know, we didn't get to high five players in the locker room after the Super Bowl win, stuff like that. It's just and I miss the relationships, and I didn't realize it until I, um, right now. The way it's set up, there's a tier system, and both you and I are in a tier system that gets to interact with players and coaches and things of that Which we nature. We weren't on last year, and we weren't last year. And it's amazing how you forget. I mean, the relationships with the trainers, the equipment guys, right? Just 
everybody that you hadn't seen really in a year to just, to just yeah. say, Hey, how's the family? How you been? Blah, blah, blah. Right. So uh, I think maybe, maybe instead of just saying missing the games, missing the relationships. Yeah. There, like, I just keep saying the same thing. There was just that level of remove for us from the whole process. Mm-hmm. It was still awesome. Obviously oh, yeah. I didn't get to see, I didn't get to tell Levante congratulations who's the number one guy I wanted to tell congratulations until the Super Bowl ring ceremony. I, you're not going to believe you saw him at the Super Bowl party. I I did not that night. You're right. Right after the Super Bowl, few hours afterwards, he actually, we kind of just looked at each other and he just gave me a big hug. And I saw him at the Super Bowl party, but this is funny when you talk about relationships yesterday, I was standing on the sideline with Rondi Barber. And um, we were watching practice together because uh, Rondé does the TV preseason. He's getting himself ready and for the game. And, and we're, we're just talking about different guys and things of that nature. And Levante came up and he gave Rondé a hug and he went to give me a hug. And I put my hands up and I said, you can't hug me. There's too many cameras. I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> for hugging a player right now. Right. You know, <laughs> because of all the protocol going on. Right. You don't want to be the one yeah, that, for somebody being unavailable. Right. Right. So, so yes, you're right. It. He is, he is a very special man. Levante. Yes. You could say uh, the same thing about Rondé. Well, same guy. I mean, Rondé's a special guy too. I appreciate Rondé filling in for me on the um, training camp live show since I can't. Wow, man. It. Dave Moore was on today. You're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> I know that's what I said. I'll never get my job back. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if you you're missing from your gig and you're filled in with a bunch of celebrities, that means, you know, it's pretty strong. Always remember this. You can be great on one show, but to be consistent with it takes talent. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm learning that, that uh, saying that they say about players sometimes who, who don't get injured. um, uh, One of the best abilities is availability. (laughs) And my availability has not been good the last couple of weeks through, in my opinion, no fault of my own since I got vaccinated the first opportunity I could get, but whatever. All right. Next question. Yo dogs. You snuck that first episode up on us. I didn't know you were coming back so soon. Honestly, I had kind of forgotten all about you guys. Just kidding. Anyway, glad the podcast is back. And here's my question. What is the most surprising name on the roster who you, who you think could make it on the team this year? I'm not saying it has to be a sure thing, but just somebody that we casual fans may not be thinking of, but that you think has a shot. Like last year, I think it was Cam Gill. Is that right? Did he ever make it right away or later in the year? So a guy like that, what do you say? Thanks and greetings from Arizona. Yes, there are some Buck fans out here, even some who were fans before Tom Brady. And he didn't actually put his name on the email, but from his email address, it looks like his name is Darren. Darren from Arizona. Did you get all that? Wow. Uh, somebody who would be a surprise to make the team? Yeah, and not necessarily you, you're saying it's a lock, but he's got a shot. I can go first while you think about it, because I already had time to think about this question. So you want me to? Um, I... Um, why don't I throw out a name? Who, who do so you think? All this dead air. Huh? Huh? I was going to say Cody McElroy. 
because to me, the, I think the Bucks want to keep a fourth tight end, and it's down to between Cody and Tanner Hudson. And so if he beats out Tanner Hudson, I think he's got it. If he can do a little bit on special teams, would you have thought when this offseason began that Cody McElroy would be on the 53-man roster? I think yeah. that'd be a bit of a surprise. Yes. I think that's a decent choice. That's a Yeah, no, I think that's uh... – And another guy they like a lot, I think he's probably more likely to end up on um, – the practice squad isn't like he did last year is Nick Leverett. Um, but maybe if they, maybe if there's an injury issue or two at the start of the season, um, or maybe if they decide to go one heavier and go with nine, cause they really like his flexibility. In fact, he just apparently has also started taking snaps at center. You know, he's a guard, but he's been playing left tackle. So man, if you can fill in at all those spots, that's a valuable guy to have. And I could see them wanting to keep him around, but the numbers may not work out. I, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but Jose, was it Borregales? Borregales. Jose Borregales. Yeah, Borregales. I think so. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know his siblings, but I hope he has a sister named Aurora. <laughs> Aurora Borregales. That's pretty good, right? It's very good he's a good kicker yeah but are you saying ryan psychop isn't gonna make it i'm not saying that i'm just saying that no you know what because uh, ryan Suckup has been around for a while okay it's hard to find really good kickers and so i'm not saying that i just think that that would i can you can is he has anybody ever put a kicker on the practice squad yeah we had one on the practice squad all year last year okay and, and I, I reacted badly because actually that's a pretty good answer for the way this question is structured. You're not saying that he's a lock or even necessarily likely, but it wouldn't right. shock you. It yeah. wouldn't shock you. He, I don't he think, he's, I don't think he's missed. You mean in now, any practice? But I will say, I will say that, um, you know, uh, Ryan Suckup was missing some in the beginning, you know, but as camp's going on, he, well, he nailed everyone everyone he, he had today yeah. he was good today okay that's good yeah that's good. and so yeah. but but it was just just i was just kind of watching him you know as a kicker and i was thinking wow he's so young because isn't that what everyone's always going for because well how many years has ryan suck been in the league well he's uh, probably about 13 I think. yes exactly 13 years so got a couple more years right Easy. Well, gee, are you kickers can kick into their forties? It happens all the time. He could be oh. around for another seven years. There you go. Okay. But um, but it's a good but point. answer to his question. I think that would be like the wild card. I, I know, and I'm saying I'm giving you credit. That was a good answer to the way this question is structured. I don't think either of us are sitting here predicting that Ryan Suckup's going to lose his job. No. But it's not a crazy thing, especially considering how this team with the current leadership that it has, has made last minute decisions on kickers multiple times. I mean, last year, Matt Gay was struggling in training camp. He had just been a rookie the year before, spent a fifth round draft pick on him. And they brought in Ryan Suckup basically with time for two practices. It was the last week of camp as it was structured back then. And then they chose him and it was mm -hmm. a perfect decision. Obviously I'm glad to see that Matt Gay landed on his feet and seems to have a real future. In he's with doing well. Trans. Yeah. But um, so it's not out of line for this team was, to make a last minute decision like that. Yeah. That was a fun question. I that was, well, you answered it. Well, I, 
I, I reacted poorly at the beginning, but as I thought about it, that's a good question. All right, I mean, a good answer. Scott, it has been Scott, by the way. I understand. Not Scott and Jeff, not no. dog. So I don't have to answer this one. Well, I just think the guy's going to the source where he knows the information is going to come from. Okay. Scott, it has been reported, and this is a recent email, by the way. This wasn't from months ago. Mm-hmm. It has been reported that Fournette will change to a single digit number for the upcoming year. And I noticed that Vaughn has changed from 30 to 21. Have any other players changed their numbers this year? Other than the rule change about players' numbers, are there any other changes of note for this year? In particular, has the challenge of pass interference rule been renewed? I was happy to hear the Salty Dogs are back. Keep up the good work. Jim Griffiths from Lenore, North Carolina. Yeah, okay. Okay, one thing at a time here. Right. I'm going to work backwards. The, they, they killed the pass interference review last year. Yeah. It, it, was, it was an experiment for one year. It was an abject failure. We all hated it. Yep, because it, it couldn't get it right. Yeah, they couldn't get it right. Which, by the way, it took forever for uh, instant replay. They just need to take instant away. It should just be <laughs> review. You know, it, it was ungodly long. Are you talking about on Saturday? Yes, on Saturday's game. There shouldn't be instant re- review in the preseason. Yeah, they they passed a rule. Well, they did a challenge. It actually came from New York. It was underneath the two minutes. I'm just saying, don't bother with that in the yeah. preseason. I'm sure they'll say, "Hey, it's practice for us too." Right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. You know but what they, the best part about? You know what the best rule they did have for preseason? There's no overtime. I was trying to say that, but you wouldn't let me get a oh, word in an edgewise. I'm jumping the gun. I'm sorry. Part of the part of the question here from Jim is: Are there any other new rules? And the most obvious common sense one of all time was no OT in the preseason. That was smart. So, um, so getting so always you know, reminds me of that Kansas City game in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> I think we've talked about that before. We're not. I know, but I'm just saying when I hear OT. Norman, Oklahoma, birthplace of Scott Smith. That's right. Um, probably a couple of Scott Smiths really playing the odds. Um, so he's asking, if, yeah, Leonard Fournette changed his number like months ago yeah. to number seven to match what he played in um, with at LSU because they changed the rules drastically so that a lot of positions now can have tons of numbers. The ranges are huge. Hate it. Uh, I think I saw like one team, their starting quarterbacks were number two and three this past mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, Joe Tryon didn't change his number, but he got to choose number nine, which he never would have got to do before. Uh, he's right here that Keyshawn changes number to 21 because somebody who was wearing 21 last year, I can't remember, must have left. We had a bunch of our DBs change their numbers the year before. Mm. So, you know, Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis and a bunch of guys changed their numbers um Antoine I mean Jordan Whitehead but this year I think the only guy that changed his number was Leonard Fournette we've got some weird numbers on the roster right now but they're not changed they're just new guys uh-huh. right I don't think there's anybody else that changed no I'm not I'm, I'm glancing down to see if anything jumps no so um the other half of this rule was about other rule changes and there always are rule changes there's usually about five or six there's not a lot that is is important or that you would care about this year there's some boring things about how you can align a kickoff return and how you handle consecutive penalties on pats but honestly you're not going to see these situations and you're not going to care no Um, the funny one was so the penalty for 
for a double pass. That means two pass, two forward passes on one play. What there was a penalty for it um, of yardage, but it wasn't loss of down. And the change of this rule is specifically because of Tom Brady. Because if you remember in the Rams game last year, he had the ball batted, they caught it, and then he just without thinking threw another pass to Mike Evans. So we had the yardage from completing the pass and the yards we lost from the penalty, but that still kept it at third down. And it's totally, totally unfair. It was a totally common sense decision to make it also a loss of down, Mm -hmm. which they did. Because we almost benefited from breaking the rules. Yeah. I don't personally think Tom Brady was thinking in the moment, like, okay, we'll actually be better off if I throw this pass. I think he just caught the ball and threw it again real quick. You know, you just do things without thinking sometimes. It happens. Then, so that was specifically because of Tom Brady that that changed. And then um, I think the biggest thing isn't a new rule, but they're going to make a point of emphasis on taunting. That's going to be a big point of emphasis, which also brings the Bucks in the spotlight because of Tyree Kill, who didn't get called for taunting, and Antoine Winfield, who did when he threw the same thing back in his face. And I would have taken a 100-yard penalty for Antoine oh, Winfield to do that. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I mean, Fuck. yeah, I, I agree. I don't like when players taunt each other. I agree. Right. Uh, that's cool. It's fine to try to get the taunting out of the game, but – that situation called for it. Tyreek Hill deserved it. Oh yeah, it was a it was a victory lap. They're winning the Super Bowl. Well, you do the two, you do a backflip in someone's end zone. Okay, well, I remember that. It didn't get called for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So now they, I'm just worried that they're going to overdo it. Well, you I mean, know that's what it's going to do. It's going to make go. a big play and you flex, and the guy that you didn't tackle you happens to be right there, and they aren't going to interpret that as taunting. It, it's going to be kind of like yards. Remember when, remember when um, they were flagging for talking too much, depending on what kind of language you were using on the field. Remember that became an issue. Don't you remember that? No. Talking too much? Like using foul language? Yes. They were, I don't remember. You don't remember that? No. It started out like it was a big deal and then it just went by the wayside. When was this going to be the same thing? Uh, yeah, it could be like that. It could be like, remember when they were calling the penalties for guys landing on the, the guys with their body weight in that yeah. couple of years ago? And it was terrible because all these guys were making great plays and getting penalized because they thought they landed on them wrong. Right. And there were, I think Clay Matthews got called a couple of times in a row. And it was this big deal for about five weeks and then they just stopped calling it. It's probably yeah. what's going to happen. But, yeah. but, in the, but again, Clay Matthews and the Packers got screwed because they're the ones who committed those penalties when they were calling them. And later on, other people weren't. So somebody's going to get screwed early in the year because the refs are calling well, taunting too much. If you taunt and get hit with a 15 yard penalty at the wrong time, uh, I think taunting is going to stop mad. real quick. Cause your head coach is going to be like yeah. ending it for you. So. Okay. Well, um, well, I got one more. All right. um, well, it's not a, um, it's not a question, but it was worth it's worth reading from Rich, who's a, in the Bucks UK club, and mm-hmm. he's from Manchester o- okay. across the pond. Raise the authentic red flag, salty ones. Apologies, I didn't get my email sent over in time for the start of the new salty dog season. Uh, you know, I'm going to skip ahead a bit. He says very nice things about us and, and the articles and everything. I just wanted to send you guys something I came across right after the Super Bowl victory. 
This is a photo of one of only two authentic Jolly Rogers known in the world and is based at the Royal Navy National Museum in Portsmouth, England. He doesn't know where the other one is. It's dated from the 18th century and to my surprise and love, it's actually red like our flags and not black like you would commonly see in books, film, popular culture. According to the information supplied, the red flag means that the ship flying it would take no prisoners if the opponents put up a fight, which reminded me of how we played against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm obviously hoping for a lot more of that as well this year. Love you guys and thank you again for the great content. So there was a picture in the email. You, you know what a Jolly Roger is? Yes. It's basically what that red flag on your shirt there, the Bucks mm -hmm. logo, is based on. The idea that pirates would, would fly a, a, what looked like a normal flag of a country until they got close to the ship they were going to try to attack. And then they would suddenly raise the red flags. Surprise. That's the whole idea of the whole raise the red flags. And they were actually called Jolly Rouge, which means red flag, which was later changed. You know, people started saying Jolly Roger. Mm. Rouge meaning it's a French term. Rouge meaning red. And mm -hmm. I guess Jolly means flag. Jolly Roger like candy. Jolly, <laughs> not at all. Oh. That has nothing to do with this conversation. I digress. Although the red ones probably were the best ones and maybe sour apple. Yeah. Sour apple is very good. Sour apple is very good. Yeah. Um, if there were banana ones, those were the worst ones because yeah. banana flavor is the worst flavor of every candy. You can't like, duplicate can't. a banana. I agree. <laughs> so anyway, there's no question there. He was just pointing out that I didn't know. Well, thank you. Two, two I didn't know that John either. Rogers left in the world. That's and crazy. that's why. And that's why at Raymond James Stadium, when we're getting into the red zone, they raise the red flags on all the um, flagpoles around the stadium. That's the whole idea. All right, Jeff. That's all, all I right. got. Cool. It was fun. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. I'll be back. I'll be back in person for the next one. Since you did, thanks for listening.